Before I get to just how sensitive, overly sensitive, uber sensitive, uh, these zealots on the LGBT side of the aisle are, uh, remember the train derailment in East Palestine? Yes, back in early February. A Norfolk Southern train derailed in East Palestine. All kinds of concerns about the water, about the quality of the air. People were going to be displaced from their homes. They wanted to get back to normal. Uh, Where are we in the aftermath of that? Well, not where the residents of East Palestine want to be. They were at the Statehouse yesterday saying that all the issues they had in the very beginning, they still have. And they are pressuring Governor Mike DeWine to submit a disaster declaration before a looming deadline of July the 3rd. Uh, One resident said, I don't want to leave home. I just want it cleaned up. I want it to be like how it was February 2nd. Another resident said they're still staying at a hotel, which they've been in for three months. They've stayed with family members. Uh, FEMA, you will remember, Federal Emergency Management Agency, originally said, oh, you're not entitled to FEMA aid. I'm sure it had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that Ohio has supported Donald Trump in the presidential election the last two times. Uh, But DeWine says he's trying to get an extension from FEMA for 120 days. Now, what about the quality of the air, quality of the water? State of Ohio continues to say they have not detected any contaminants in the soil or in the water. So this has not gone away, and I do not expect it to go away. Likewise, because of all the incremental gains in the LGBTQ community over the years, the purposeful, continual pushing for marriage and adoption and same-sex partner benefits and Pride Day becoming Pride Week becoming Pride Month, this issue will not go away because the Alphabet Mafia is so emboldened, they think they can do anything. I don't blame them. They've not been reined in. People have been hesitant to speak truth boldly, to do what we are encouraged to do in the book of Ephesians by Ephesians, Chris Spielman would tell me. It's not Ephesians, it's Ephesians. Okay, duly noted. What we are called to do by Ephesians 6.10, which is stand. Stand against evil. We haven't stood firmly enough. We have moved aside and let these incremental gains add up to the point where we go, how do we get here? How do we get here to the point where they got their freaky trans flags and gay pride flags flying? Not just in school classrooms. At the White House. Where we've got, like, a dude with female breast implants bearing his breasts on the White House lawn after taking a video with Joe Biden. How did we get here? The same way you get anywhere that's a thousand miles from where you want to be. In a million tiny steps. There wasn't one day where the gay lobby went from saying, oh, just... Just tolerate us. Just just let us love who we love in the privacy of our own bedroom. And then the next day, a dude 
with fake breasts is burying them on the White House lawn. No, that journey happens in a million tiny steps. And now we're at the point where if we don't stand against this evil more forcefully than we have in the past, well, they're going to take our kids. They're going to take them in California. Not in Canada. Not in Europe. In California. The state legislature is passing or has passed a bill that if you are a parent and your child wants to transition from boy to girl, girl to boy, and you don't go along with it, you are deemed by law to be a child abuser. If you happen to be engaged in the middle of a divorce, and there are horror stories in this regard right here in this country, if you happen to be engaged in the middle of a divorce because your spouse affirms a child's desire to try, because it can't be done, to change their sex, you think you're winning that custody case? You're not winning that custody case, and you're not getting visitation rights. That is where we're headed. Now, the onslaught to come and take our kids away is, I think, for a lot of people, the point of this far, no farther. I think we finally have some people willing to say, no, 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 no. As long as all I had to do was put a rainbow on my email signature, as long as I had to, like, try to avoid from gagging when I put preferred pronouns on my company email, and I hope you didn't do either one of those things, but if you did, those two compromises of your integrity are thousands of miles from allowing the left no pushback when they say, oh, they're not your kids, they're our kids. They're all of our kids. All of them are our kids. No, they're not. They're my kids. They're my kids and my wife's kids. Nobody else's. We'll raise them the way we want to. Now, how super sensitive the left is became very, very obvious in two instances yesterday here in Columbus. The first one is at the State House where House Republican Scott Wiggum of, I think he's of the Worcester area, is walking into the State House. And there is a, uh, I'm going to presume, man out front banging a drum outfitted in the transgender flag colors. And the man with the drum clearly sees Scott Wiggum coming and intentionally backs up and provocatively moves into Scott Wiggum's path. Now, this is one of those moments which I've described before where you're inner bad self is tempting you to do something which you think will make you feel good and then you do it and you instantly know I wish I hadn't done that I shouldn't have done that that wasn't worth it I didn't get out of that what I wanted so I'm not okaying what Scott Wiggum did which was to maintain his course and lean his right shoulder into this 
drumming zealot. Okay? Now, the way the story is being... (laughs) The way the story is being written, of course, and described on TV and radio... uh, Not radio. uh, TV and newspapers. Is that... Scott Wiggum shoved this protester for no reason. In your mind... I want you to create a scenario. When I say the word shoved, what do you see? What do you see? Here's what I see. I see somebody take their arms and extend, put both hands on someone and push them out of the path. That's what I see when I hear the word shove. That's not what happened. Scott Wiggum lowered his right shoulder barely, put it into the guy, kind of gave him a little shoulder out of the way. Then the guy chases Wiggum down and keeps banging on the drum, shouting at him. And Wiggum responds with shouts of his own. I don't know what was said. There's no audio on the video that I saw. Of course, the aggrieved drummer dude has filed a report with the Ohio State Highway Patrol, which if Scott Wiggum is charged with anything in this, then, well, you might as well forget ever going to a high school football game, a lacrosse game, a soccer game, a basketball game, because the contact that you will see in any of those endeavors in every single game will exceed the contact between uh, yeah will exceed the contact between Wiggum and this drumming zealot by a factor of 10 about 20 times So when you see this oh, confrontation, shove a state legislator, a Republican, an extremist, shoved a drummer without reason. The problem with this report is then they show the video to show you how egregious and awful and hateful and extremist it is. And you go, well, wait a second. Like the drummer dude backed right into the path on purpose. Of Scott Wiggum. Could Wiggum have walked around him on his way into the state house yesterday? Yeah, he could have. Should he have? Yes, he should have. So I'm clear on that, that I'm not condoning it. I'm saying I understand it, and I'm saying that the portrayal of the incident is vastly exaggerated. And the news media doesn't seem to understand that when they continue to do this, when they continue to do this, They think they are, oh, we're really going to stick it to Republicans now, brother. Where do they see this guy on tape stepping into the path, shoving without reason? That's how it's reported. Shoving without reason a drummer, an LGBTQ zealot. People watch the video and they go, he filed a police report over that? Like, I see more contact than a pick and roll at a high school basketball game. And then the media's <laughs> vestige, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, vestige of credibility is damaged even further. This is not just local news that does this. This is national news that does this. Now, let me take you back to 2017. Here is CNN's Jake Tapper setting the stage for bringing on a few colleagues. And what do they have to report? They have confirmation. CNN has confirmed that the Trump P-tape 
from the luxury hotel in Moscow with Moscow hookers. CNN has confirmed it's true, but listen closely. That's what Jake Tapper wants you to believe. But is that what he and his colleagues actually say? We have some breaking news now. CNN has learned new information about that ongoing investigation into those allegations raised in a collection of memos created by a former British intelligence agent at the time he made the memos for police. That's got to be the longest sentence in the history of news writing. He's still going. Political opponents of then-candidate Donald Trump. Jim Shudo and Evan Perez have been working the story. And Jim, let's start with you. What precisely have investigators learned? Ah, what precisely have investigators learned? Because everybody's heard Trump's cavorting with hookers in a luxury suite in a Moscow hotel. And the hookers urinated on Donald Trump. That's what was reported, right? So now CNN, oh, look, we've, conf- we've confirmed. We have new details, new confirmed. And you're like, holy cow, he really did this. The soon-to-be inaugurated president of the United States really did this, right? This is the image they're creating. Does he really say that? Well, Jake, for the first time, U.S. investigators say that they have corroborated some of the communications detailed in a 35-page dossier compiled by a former British intelligence agent. They've confirmed it. Some of the details. And you've got in your mind the one detail that you want to be either confirmed or not confirmed. You've decided because he says they've confirmed some details. Oh, wow. They've confirmed it. Trump's a, Trump's a freak. Trump's incapable. Trump's not fit to be president. This is what they want you to believe. This is how they craft the language. CNN was first to report last month that then-president-elect Donald Trump and President Barack Obama were briefed on the existence of the memos prior to the inauguration. See, we reported it last month. We were first, and now we're back, and we're making a big hairy deal. We got two guys sitting here, and Jake Tapper looking all serious, and we got confirm this, confirm that, blah, 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 British spy Donald Trump. Until now, U.S. officials have said that none of the content or allegations have been verified. Ah, until now. There's a but coming. But now, multiple current and former U.S. law enforcement and intelligence officials Tell CNN that intelligence intercepts of foreign nationals confirmed that some of the conversations described in the dossier took place between the same individuals on the same days and from the same locations as detailed in the dossier. Oh, see, I mean, we got him dead to rights. We got him dead to rights. Like before, we couldn't confirm it. Now we've confirmed it. Some of the same foreign nationals who said that Trump was in bed with the hookers and they're urinating on him, they've confirmed it because... We've confirmed that they had meetings and phone calls and conversations just as they're outlined in the dossier. But we are still, if you've been paying attention, waiting for confirmation that the most salacious of these allegations actually happened. We should be clear that CNN has not confirmed the content of the calls or whether any of the content relates to then-candidate Trump. And none of the newly learned information relates, I should say, to the salacious allegations in the dossier. The corroboration based on intercepted communications has given U.S. intelligence and law enforcement, quote, greater confidence in the credibility of some aspects of the dossier as they continue to actively investigate its contents, these sources say. See, a minute and 25 seconds into it, when you've already in your mind decided that 
well, Jake Tapper looks so serious, and this guy keeps talking about confirmation, and before we couldn't confirm it, but now we can confirm that there are some details of conversations that took place. And then a minute and 25 in, he goes, now, we can't confirm the most salacious. And you're like, wait a second. You just spent a minute and a half, like, confirming it. But he quickly comes right back to it and goes, but we have confirmed this. And they wonder why they have no credibility. They wonder why nobody trusts them. Now, you say, yeah, but they're never held accountable. This never comes back to bite the Democrats. I'm going to bring up something. Donald Trump is indicted in federal court in Miami. There are 37 counts. They concern classified documents. I want to know how classified documents that it is criminal to show to someone without a security clearance. How are they going to show those documents to jurors in a Miami courtroom? Because if it is a crime for Donald Trump to show those documents to his buddies at his golf club, is it not also a crime for anyone to show those documents to someone who does not have a security clearance, including the lawyers who are prosecuting Donald Trump? The answer to that question is yes. So how are they going to try to prosecute Donald Trump? The jurors are going to have to, and this is where the chickens are coming home to roost, the jurors in that case are going to have to believe the sensitivity of the documents on the word of Department of Justice prosecutors. They are. The DOJ, Jack Smith and others, are going to tell them what's in the documents and how serious these documents are. Are they going to pass around General Mark Milley's attack plan for Iran? See, this is how sensitive that document was. And Donald Trump showed it to some knucklehead journalist or golfing buddy. No, they are not going to pass that document around because the jurors don't have the security clearance to see it. They will have to believe the Justice Department. And I think the Justice Department, like the media, has exhausted its last vestige of trust.